The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Roads Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Here is some great news for American Road Magazine readers and lovers of the open road. Celebrate the golden age of Route 66. The cars, the music, the food, the friends made along the way, all brought together at the International Route 66 Mother Road Festival in Springfield, Illinois. It's being held this month, September 27 through 29. Unlike many festivals, this one offers free spectator admission. Don't miss the spectacular 2000 car Friday night classic car cruise right into downtown and then the unforgettable burnout competition on Saturday. The International Route 66 Mother Road Festival is coming up quickly. Get your motor running and head out to historic Springfield, Illinois. In the meantime, everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Gary Manch, your host, and I am sitting in a hotel room after another busy day on the road. I'm in Boston, Massachusetts, and I just a few hours ago, I spent some serious quality time. How beautiful it was to be on the Essex Coastal Scenic Byway. Good homework, good preparation for today's show. According to thehill.com, the National Scenic Byways Program has been largely dormant since Congress pulled support for it back in 2012. But now with passage and the signature from President Trump of the Reviving America's Scenic Byways Act of 2019, the Secretary of Transportation will start the application process for new byways in the next 90 days. Also, there will be a designated round of new National Scenic Byways within one year. Lots happening on that front. All of it good news for road-tripping travelers and fans of American Road Magazine and listeners to our show, by the way. Scenic Byways are, as former President George H.W. Bush called them at the outset of the program in 1991, the roads Americans love, and I certainly saw why, uh, how that could be the case today during my own travel. I can't say that I've been on that many designated scenic byways, but I was on one today, and I can't wait to explore so many of the others. They're all over the country. Today we have a special guest, someone who is an expert, if ever there was one, on America's scenic byways, Mark Falzone, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about this gentleman. Mark Falzone was selected to serve as president of Scenic America in April 2017. Prior to Scenic America, Mr. Falzone served as deputy director of the National Immigration Forum and before that was a five-term elected member of the House of Representatives in Massachusetts. As a member of the National Conference of State Legislatures, he was twice elected to the executive committee. Mark holds a Bachelor of Arts degree from Boston College and a Master of Public Administration degree from the Harvard University John F. Kennedy School of Government. And we're so happy to welcome him to our show today. Mark Falzone, do I ever admire you for your background and especially today, your commitment to America's scenic byways because I just got off one and man, I'm still on a high. That's great. I'll tell you, Gary, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. It's a real pleasure. And, um, of course, uh, you were in Essex County, and Essex County is, is actually my home county. That's where I'm from. Uh, and so uh, I really appreciate it, and I'm glad that uh, you're checking out uh, lovely Boston, which is, uh, of course, my hometown. Boston, we made it a New England trip, myself and my partner, including my radio partner, Suzanne Mitchell, and I. 
had our first taste of New England. We had talked for years about coming up here because it was the only region of the country we had not explored, and it was high time that we did. And so we went up, uh, first of all, landing uh, in Boston. We flew up here, then we rented a car, made it all the way to Vermont, and experienced Maine and New Hampshire as well. What an extraordinary piece of Americana. You take this chunk of the country, you go all the way back even to pre-colonial days, an amazing historical tableau, so much of significance here, not just politically, but historically in every sense, sense, including culturally. And the natural beauty is just amazing. What an astonishing trip it's been. And here we are wrapping it up. We fly out of Boston Logan Airport tomorrow. But we wanted to make sure today of all days we had to set aside time to go on a scenic byway. And we saw it there leaving our hotel close by Logan Airport and then going into the town of Lynn, Massachusetts, and beyond. We made it as far as Marblehead, though there's much more to see. We stopped at Red Rock Park there, a beach park. Extraordinary beauty there. Great way to get some exercise, too. And I thought, if there wasn't a program, Mark, to protect and expand America's scenic byway system, there would be a need to invent it. And today we saw firsthand why that is so true. I congratulate you on all the work you've been doing for years. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And, and you know, let me just say that um, when it comes to national bi- scenic byways, whether it be national scenic byways or state scenic byways across the country, uh, you know, what you just gave a flavor of the story that can be told through the uh, through the Great American Road. And, you know, the 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 flavor that you get for a region and in particular, you're focusing on New England, which, of course, I have a special uh, fondness for because it's it's my it's my home t- it's my home area it's where I grew up uh, it's where I grew up uh, not only um, in uh, growing up in in the Boston area but also uh, my uh, we would go once in a while to an old uh, cabin in Maine uh, for a week during the summer so we did a lot of vacationing in New England as well uh, but what's great about the scenic byways program the national scenic byways program yes but also all the various state scenic byways programs across the country is that you get to know uh, a little bit about every single state when you're going through them and when you're driving those roads you get because there's something special about every state and uh, you get to you get to hear that story in an alternate way rather than uh, um, rather than you know reading about it in a textbook um, in a sterile way, you get to experience it. You get to drive along the road, and whether it be uh, perhaps it's a, it's a scenic byway that has some history to it, uh, and you can feel uh, just by driving the road and looking, uh, maybe stopping along the way, uh, you can you can you can let the story reveal itself to you um, as you're uh, as you're going along. Whether it be a beautiful scenic uh, byway. Uh, where it's you know perhaps beautiful vistas and views and perhaps that's the reason it's been uh, uh, nominated uh, or it has its status or perhaps it's history, perhaps it's culture. I mean, there's so many different aspects to the program that you can really get to know a place through the road. And, and Americans, of course, uh, we're known for loving our cars and loving our open roads and getting out and experiencing it firsthand. And that's something that uh, is really a very American uh, quality, and it's something we want to make sure we protect as part of our culture. And you're doing a great job of it. Mark, when I was driving today, and I did all the driving on today's journey, I saw that it really is a two-sided beauty 
when you go on the scenic byway and the one that we were on, Essex Coastal Scenic Byway, we saw the shoreline. That was gorgeous. But as I was driving, I needed to look left as well while trying to keep my eyes on the road, of course, because what I discovered was also a series of towns that each one of which was distinctive, each town having its own character and culture so that we had the shoreline, beautiful as that was, but we also had the character of the town that you wouldn't, that you'd never stand a chance of experiencing if you simply flew over all of this gorgeous geography. That's the glory of the scenic byway system. It allows you to get down into the marrow of the places that you're visiting for the first time. That's exactly right. A lot of people like to take the road less traveled. And uh, sometimes, uh, you know, sh sh surely uh, the, the, the fastest way to get from point A to point B is the straight line. But sometimes we're not always looking for the fastest way. Sometimes we're looking for the most enjoyable way. And especially when we're uh, I know people that obviously on vacation will do that. They will purposefully avoid interstate highways um, and because they want to experience, as you said, they want to get into the culture and they want to understand the communities that they're driving through. And you can do that much better if you're driving through on, uh, on a local road. Uh, but on the other hand, um, I know also some people that uh, in their commute to work, whether they're in a major city or uh, or in a suburb and commuting, uh, they try to drive as many scenic byways as possible uh, just because they want to have a bit of sanity in their in their commute. And so there's all sorts of different reasons for enjoying the byways. It doesn't have to be just a vacation thing only. Uh, some people will, uh, you know, it's, I can picture a, a scenic byway uh, uh, on, on your way into work, uh, you know, and uh, and from there, uh, for instance, Col Colonial Parkway, perhaps in Virginia or, or something like that, where all of a sudden uh, you turn up uh, the classical music as you're <laughs> as you're uh, driving through and experiencing the beautiful countryside. Sure. I'd like to get into some of the backstory here because this really, in its way, is landmark legislation. doesn't grab the headlines like so much of what's going on in our country today. That may be true. But it's very, very important for those of us who love to travel, travel the open road, to go and see things that we can't see, who have the attitude that not all who wander are lost, right? I think that you were suggesting that in your comments so far, Mark, and I certainly agree. When we're talking about the Reviving America's Scenic Byways Act of 2019, there is a backstory. And as I mentioned at the outset, you were selected to serve as president of Scenic America back in April 2017. Now, that pivotal year has five years previous pointed to a time when government, for whatever reason, and I think you could explain that a lot better than me, Congress pulled support for the National Scenic Byways Program in 2012. Was this a, a budget crunch? Were there some heavy politics around it? How did you experience and what was the impact on you and your associates when you saw that withering support for such a wonderful program and then its revival uh, some seven years later when Congress, with as much deficit as we're running, with all of the politics so divisive in our country right now, nevertheless, somebody somewhere got together a group of people and managed to pull off passage of this important legislation, and they got the president to sign it into law. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I get I, it's probably the most common question that I get lately is, how'd you do it? So uh, uh, obviously, um, 
uh, if we go back to the to the start of of, of your question, uh, as you correctly stated, uh, 2012 was the last year that Congress funded the National Scenic Byways Program, and it's a great program. It actually doesn't require a lot of money by federal standards, but uh, it's one of those programs that I just think fell through the cracks. I'm not sure that anybody was uh, really uh, um, doing much advocacy on it, and Scenic America. Uh, two and a half years ago, uh, hired me as the president. And uh, one of the things that the board of directors did at Scenic America is we we collectively uh, set goals for the organization. And one of the goals is to reopen the National Scenic Byways Program. And because uh, we feel as though, uh, you know, our, our our mission, Scenic America's mission, the organization that, that I am the president of, our mission is to preserve and enhance the visual character of our country. So scenic beauty is our mission. and uh, And so to us, um, scenic byways are an important part of scenic beauty. And so, and, and we find a lot of the work that we do in scenic beauty is indeed related to transportation corridors, um, notably mostly roads. And so, uh, because that's how most people experience scenic beauty. And so the, we thought it was incredibly important. I should also note that although funding expired in 2012, actually the last time the National Scenic Byways Program had a round of nominations to the program, was actually 2009. So it's been 10 years. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was October 2019 when they last named them. And so we're coming up on 10 years uh, next month where all, where all of a sudden uh, we're seeing that um, we haven't had a round of nominations for the National Scenic Byways Program. And that's all gonna change now over the coming year, of course, uh, because of the bill that passed. Uh, <clears throat> and the bill passed because uh, we had some amazing uh, advocates in Congress. So I want to be clear that the credit goes to our, 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 our congressional friends. And I'm really proud that this was done in a very bipartisan way. Uh, Congressman David Cicilline of Rhode Island uh, was the lead sponsor in the House. And uh, you, we couldn't ask for a better champion. He is such a, such a wonderful person that is so passionate about scenic beauty issues. And uh, I really uh, think that, um, you know, he is he has such a vision for this country um, and uh, he is he understands these issues. And also, uh, we always have try to have a, 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 a counter, a, a partner in the opposite party. In this case, it was Representative Garrett Graves of Louisiana, a Republican. And so uh, we have a, a very liberal congressman and Congressman Cicilline and a very conservative congressman and, and Congressman Graves, and they were able to come together on this issue. And so we were really thrilled that uh, we've got that kind of bipartisan uh, partnership. And it's something I think that speaks to uh, scenic beauty issues in general, that uh, Scenic America, um, you know, we've, we're trying to prove that scenic issues can and should be bipartisan issues uh, that uh, both parties care about. And it's a similar story in the Senate where uh, we had um, Senator Susan Collins as our champion uh, in the Senate, a Republican of Maine. And, uh, and her Democratic partner was Senator Ben Cardin of Maryland. And so again, uh, we had uh, two great uh, uh, bipartisan, uh, another bipartisan partnership come together with Susan Collins leading the way in the Senate. And, um, and, and, and this was a bill that was blessed in over the last two Congresses by both parties and, and then ultimately signed by the president. And so we're really thrilled that, um, that, that we got that job done. And, and again, it's because of our legislative champions that it happened. I am so happy to see that bipartisanship in some form survives in America. 
that's very good news to a lot of people, and now especially to those who take to the open road. Mark, I wanted to ask you about the seven guiding principles of Scenic America. You were elected to serve as president of Scenic America. There are some guiding principles. I had a chance to look at them a, a bit before opening the show today. You can explain them far better than myself. And along with those guiding principles, if you could say a bit, it would be very helpful, about what it is that gives impetus to a state, for example, choosing a stretch of highway and seeking designation as a scenic byway, because there would have to be some criteria to be met, obviously. And I'm curious to know typically what it is that a state is looking for when they seek this designation in a solidly supported and affordable way. Oh, yeah. So first, as far as Scenic America is concerned, and you're right, we do have seven principles of scenic conservation, and any of your listeners can uh, get them at www.scenic.org. But I'll just uh, briefly um, talk talk about those for a moment. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that uh, is really important in general is, uh, uh, is, is character of community. So in, 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 in your open, in, in your opening comments, you talked about driving through um, Essex County and, and the scenic byway and you went through Lynn and Swampskit and Marblehead and each community has its, had its own distinctive flavor. And you'll find that a lot in Massachusetts where there's 351 cities and towns that all have their own little local governments and they all have their own local character. And one of the things that is our uh, is definitely one of our uh, principles is retaining distinctive character of communities. When you are in a place, you want to know that it is a distinctive place. And this is part of placemaking, which uh, our uh, past board chairman, Ron Fleming, is sort of the godfather of, of this movement, uh, placemaking. And also our first president, Ed McMahon, uh, is also one of, uh, one of the godfathers of this as well. Placemaking is so important and knowing that you know what you are making sure that you uh your look is distinctive reflects who you are and is different from any other place because it's you uh, if we have the same you know uh if we have the same structures in every town and every town looks the same then you could be in any place usa and you've sort of lost your identity so that's that's really important um we also want to uh, make sure that um, uh, new development uh, is respects the context and character of these special places. And so uh, we always talk about context sensitivity as part of what we do. We just want to make sure that um, when some when development happens, we're very we're by the way, we're very pro-development. We're not against development at all, but we just want to make sure it respects the context that's around it. So scenic America, yes, we do care about natural beauty. But we also care about um, uh, built, the built environment, you know, human built uh, beauty, because we do believe there's beauty in, in, in wonderful architecture. And we do believe there's good beauty in, uh, you know, in how a, 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 you know, a, how a building sets off against the landscape or sets off against other buildings. And so or is how it's in context with perhaps a river or an ocean or whatever. And so that's part of that's part of it as well. A part of uh, scenic beauty is context sensitivity. That's really important. Uh, and we also uh, want to make sure that we have that balance of regulatory and market approaches. Uh, so that way we're looking at, um, uh, um, you know, the, the full picture. Uh, and uh, we also want to, in our transportation system, uh, we want to be sure that it uh, respects our aesthetic values. And that's why we work so much in the transportation corridor area 
because so much of our scenic beauty isn't, like I said, seen from the roads. And that's really, really important. And as part of that, we also want to make sure that uh, billboards and mass marketing, uh, you know, doesn't overtake our, uh, our scenic vistas, whether they be, by the way, in the countryside where you can have a rolling, you know, beautiful hills and then a billboard that sort of mars the landscape and it mars it for miles around. So, you know, that's that's one issue. But it's also in our urban areas. We want to make sure we prevent urban blight and we want to make sure that we we keep beautiful cityscapes. And we can't do that if there is sort of uh, a lot of uh, a visual intrusion like billboards, like uh, intrusive advertising. Uh, you know, particularly when you talk about billboards, particularly digital billboards, the worst, because, you know, now you have this, you know, moving screen uh, that's uh, that's yeah. happening. And um, and so that's uh, sort of some of the values that, uh, you know, that we talk about um, uh, when we're looking at uh, the principles of scenic conservation. I love that holistic approach that you and your group and like minded others are taking. First of all, it's great to see something unique. Who needs more homogenization, particularly when it comes to something as character-driven as the scenic byways? And then there is the respect for history. In my first tour of Boston, when we landed here and stayed a few nights and got on the Freedom Trail, I went to the Boston Tea Party Museum, for example. I couldn't miss that. When I walked along, I saw that not only were there not many billboards, but also, it was it required a keen ability to pay attention and to look closely because those things are designated all over town for their historical significance. It doesn't get shouted out of a bullhorn, and you don't see neon signs. And I live five years in Las Vegas, so I know what that approach looks like. But there was a respect <laughs> for history, and at the same time, as long as you had a good map, a good sense of direction, you could come some of these various places that represent so much American history and the character of the nation without having it turn gaudy and touristy, to use that phrase. Right. And and, and just to be clear, uh, everything is about context, right? So in most places, you probably don't want, you know, uh, neon signs. You probably don't want, you know, uh, billboards. But there's a few places where those things might work. So... Uh, but not many, just to be clear. Um, uh, but uh, Times Square is an example where, like, you know, who could envision Times Square without all the lights and and glitz and everything in Times Square? Um, but uh, another example is actually um, your uh, the place where you lived for a little while, Las Vegas. So again, everything's about context, right? That's what we're about. We're about context. And the Vegas Strip, uh, you, you'll 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 appreciate this, Gary. The Vegas Strip is actually a national scenic byway. Uh, a lot of people are shocked when they hear that because they assume that scenic byways are only about natural beauty, but that's not the case. Scenic byways are indeed about natural beauty, but not just about natural beauty. Uh, they're also about um, uh, culture. Uh, they're in, in, you know, they're about, uh, um, and there's all different criteria that we can talk about in a little while, but they're uh, they're about uh, historic qualities, et cetera. And, and, and the Vegas Strip is a statement about America as well. And um, one thing you'll find interesting about the Vegas Strip is that, you know, a lot of people say to me, well, you know, look at all the billboards on the Vegas Strip. But that's actually not true. If you think about the Vegas Strip, most of the, if, all the signs on the Vegas Strip that we think about as making it iconic are actually what we call on-premise signs 
which meaning they're not billboards that advertise, you know, whatever, you know, whatever third party thing is going on. And I feel like a lot of them are uh, related to the prurian interest lately. Uh, right. But uh, um, uh, uh, but but actually, um, most of the signs in Vegas are actually on premise signs that are, you know, uh, have to do with the casino or have to do uh, with whatever is on premise for that site. Uh, and so that's something that's interesting about it uh, as well that a lot of people don't think of. I said, I want you to take a good look next time you're on the Vegas Strip and tell me actually how many billboards do you see on the Strip? You, most of the most of what you're thinking of are actually on premise signs. And that's part of the part of the character for there. So that's something that I think what sets us apart from. Um, uh, a lot of organizations is that yes, we want to preserve natural beauty where natural beauty is is the is the asset, which is in a lot of places, which is in a lot of places. I just want to be clear, but everything's about context, and so um, that's why I'm happy to talk about that. Yeah, we only have a couple of minutes left. First of all, I'm going to thank you in advance before I ask my last question here, and I promise you, Mark Calzone, I'm going to have you back. Once the application process for new byways is underway in the next 90 days, there's so much to be said here. You can count on multiple invitations to take oh, us along you. this wonderful system of scenic byways. You can't find a better forum for this sort of thing than American Road Trip Talk. That's what we are about for sure. I would just ask you there, uh, in terms of the new byways, the application process, do you know of states that are planning to introduce them now that they've been green-lighted over the next 90 days where they're, they're just champing at the bit to get their applications in? Yeah, as a matter of fact, we we know of about 45 different byways that are looking to take the leap uh, to, uh, to, national, um, to the national status. So yes, we have identified some. We're expecting probably around 50, and actually, that's not just our estimate. The Congressional Budget Office is also estimating about 50 uh, would apply, and so uh, that is uh, that is what we're looking at, absolutely. And we know there's demand out there, and we're excited that the program is re reopening, reopening for nominations because we feel like this is going to generate so much interest uh, in the program as we continue to advocate to bolster it um, over the coming years. I love this. I already have the title for our next show together, and it will be sometime maybe in the next few months as this process continues. I'd love to have you back, and we'll call that episode New Scenic Byways Coming Your Way. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. No, that would be wonderful. And I, and I look forward to, I, I got to tell you, this is such a pleasure to, to, to be a guest on your show with it, that focuses on something that is so near and dear to our hearts at Scenic America. Mark Falzone, I can't thank you enough for joining us. We will do this again, sir. I congratulate you on your efforts, and I wish you the best of luck going forward in implementing Reviving America's Phoenix Byways Act of 2019. Just a great piece of legislation and music to the ears of American Road subscribers and TikTok listeners. Thanks again, Mark. Thank you so much, and thanks for being in my hometown and, and indeed the district I represented, so I really appreciate that. An honor and a pleasure, sir. Thank you. I'll say a quick goodbye. We have a photo contest coming up. Go to AmericanRoadMagazine.com. Check that out. You've got three more days. It ends, I believe, 11.59 p.m. on the 30th Eastern Time in the United States. Check it out. See if you can't enter a photo or two. And good luck to everyone. In the meantime, we'll be back with another show next week. And we're always available through Podcast One, iTunes, and American Road Magazine with our podcast of Trip Talk episodes. 
Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you very soon. In the meantime, drive safely and dream well.